close and personal. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, he's an eclectic original from having played drums with Grammy-winning A Flock of Seagulls to purchasing Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's famous Flight Time Studios in L.A. and releasing five alternative-driven albums under the name A Bad Think. Now, Michael Marquardt lives the music life, and he's here to tell you about his fifth album called Sleep. A Bad Think with an album called Sleep. Michael Marquardt is here. Welcome to the show, Michael. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Yes. Okay, now first, we got to know the story behind the name A Bad Think. Okay, well, the name A Bad Think came from my daughters used to come down in the middle of the night and, and they go, Dad, I can't sleep. I go, what now? You know, it's, I had a bad think. Oh. So I said, well, okay, we'll just uh, go back to bed and think about Christmas for a while. Everything will be fine. <laughs> so, but they, I don't know where they came up with that, but that was always the thing. They would come down if they couldn't sleep. They had a bad thing. Okay. okay. You borrowed that from them then. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I have to pay them royalties. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it is a rather poetic phrase. Yeah. Sleep is your fifth album, so Correct. it includes a lot of personal stories? Yeah, actually all my albums do. They're all personal every song every track so yeah all my music is personal now i have read where you said that every note every space is thought about in every song and that someone could accuse you of overthinking so how do you balance that part of you with the creative part that just wants to it's not easy because i think about it a thousand times and then think about it again Uh so it's not easy you know once i start getting on a roll i kind of try to just get out of the way okay and kind of let the you know the ideas or the or the music or you know kind of where i'm headed kind of just go i try not to kind of funnel it or actually get in the way of the process and just let the idea kind of go where it wants to go so you overthink it beforehand and then once you get sold on an idea you just go with it yeah, well, it's kind of the other way around. I, I kind of drift around until I kind of get an idea, and then once I have, like, the melody and the kind of chords locked down, then I overthink the bejesus out of it, and I think about, uh, you know, how the words sound, the vowels, the uh-huh. the guitar sound works, and how the spaces, how the refs work, and how the overall thing kind of just feels when you're listening to it. And, and I play it over and over again and try this and try it. just little things. I find the real small things kind of have the most effect on song. Okay. So now are you more about lyrics or musical riffs or rhythm? What do you find yourself really digging into most? Yeah, I look at my stuff as almost like a painting. I mean, it, you get an experience when you listen to my music. So it's, you know, the atmosphere, the, the tone, whether I whisper sang it or if I sang it with okay. a stronger voice, all that stuff has right. an, uh, an overall effect for the overall feeling of the track. So there's no really one thing. It's kind of a, everything in general. Now, are you the producer of your own music as well? Yes. Okay. I bet you think even the mix and where everything is placed in the mix is probably as important as the lyrics or the melody. Oh, uh, absolutely. And Jason Elgin mixed this last record, and he did such a great job on uh-huh. it. And that's such an important part of it. And I kind of, I'm so close to the music that I always send it out to, to get some fresh ears on the on the mix when they okay. mix it. So I kind of stay out of that. So you stay out of the mixing. So when it comes back, are you happy with it? Are you very critical initially? Do you have to live with it for a while? Or how's that process? What he'll do is he gets it close and kind of where he wants to take it. And then he sends me a reference MP3 and I listen to it and I go, 
yeah, maybe there's too much verb here. Um, I don't like the delay on that line. Uh, can you turn up the bass a little bit here? It's something a little bit too much, and I give him all this stuff. And it, and it goes back and forth until the mix is right. And that's why he's so good about that. He never goes, all right, well, that's enough. I'm spending too much time <laughs> yeah. on this mix. I have a, a lot of other things to do. And Yeah, you found your right mixer, didn't you? I did, on, uh, especially for where I am musically these days. Yes. But he's, he's my guy. Uh-huh. Okay. If you're just joining us here on the Mulberry Lane Show, you're hearing from alternative artist Michael Marquardt about his album called Sleep. How long does it take you to do an album? It takes me about two years. Okay. Do you have a place where you listen to the mixes? I know you've got your big studio, but is there a place like your car or someplace where you know you can trust the mix and how it's going to be? You know, I know the music so well, so, uh, you know, I kind of know what's going on with the low end and, and all that stuff. So I listen to the, I listen to my car, headphones big time, okay. and, uh, and then my near field monitors. I know it's going to sound great on the, on the big monitors, yeah. so yeah. I, I don't even listen to it on those because I know it'll sound great. Right. Yeah. Now, what headphones do you prefer? Well, you know, I use what my Bose traveling, you know, noise canceling headphones okay. is kind of what I, I normally use because I'm, I'm kind of used to how they sound and yeah. I'm more familiar with those guys. Okay. Now, talk about buying the studio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I wasn't really excited <laughs> excited about that, but my kids are in the music business. You know, they wanted me to kind of get back in it again because I used to have a studio on the East Coast and I sold it to Pharrell Williams. Okay. Wow. I built a small studio kind of at, at my house where I kind of personally work, and that's, but this, the, the studio came up, and the price was really good, and I said, well, look, you guys are going to have to run this thing because I've, I'm not doing it. Okay. So I bought this place and then built a um, really nice Neve uh, tracking room. Analog, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's an old Neve, uh, old Neve desk. There's only four in the world. Wow! And uh, I was really fortunate to find this piece. It's such a great desk, and the studios are booked nonstop. And I bet. and my kids are doing a good job running it. It was it was a good thing. So, do your kids, when you say running it, do they engineer anything, or do they just kind of run the studio? My daughter is the studio manager, so she does okay. all the booking and kind of does all the you know, accounting and kind of all the tax. And yes. And, and all that stuff. And my son, he plays drums. He does some producing, but he's kind of in charge of the rooms, making sure everything is working right. And um, if anything needs to be repaired, then, you know, he gets the work orders and all, all that kind of thing. That's great. That's a great business. Now, do you record your stuff analog or digital? Everything is analog on, on the way in. I use Pro Tools, but okay. everything everything is analog. I have a really old uh, Telefunken 251 I use for my vocals, and I use wow. a Neve 3105 as a mic pre, and, and I have all these old vintage guitars. Everything goes to these amps, all old amps. So everything is old vintage on the, on the way into the, to the box. We got to go to break. We'll be right back with more from Michael Marquardt. He's going to talk about his time with the Flock of Seagulls, and he talks about which best-selling artist is currently recording in his studio. Keep it right here. It's the Mulberry Lane Show.